to another amazing episode of Retrovaniacs. As always, I'm Jeremy Parmentier here with Billy Holiday. Hello there. And Jeremy Gregory. Hey, guys. And uh, this week, we're going to take a break from listener requests and games that no one has played to cover something that we've all played before, uh, and most people, hopefully, listening to this have played this before, uh, Donkey Kong Country for the Super Nintendo. But before we dive into Donkey Kong Country, Billy, what have you been playing since our last show? I know, I think last episode, Jeremy and I both had, had started on uh, Death Stranding, and and I imagine that's probably the game Jeremy is gonna gonna want to talk about. Also, uh, uh, would I be correct in assuming such a thing? I, I believe I can I can talk about that game a little bit. Yeah, I've, now I have pay, put a lot of hours into it. It's kind of my my sit back at the end of the night game. I am and you know knock an hour out or so, uh, and it has been a very strange yet wonderful experience it, it, it's probably the most i can't say fun because it literally is a lot of fucking just strapping a bunch of boxes on your back and walking uh but it, it's it's the best experience i've had with a game maybe this year uh, definitely the last half of this year yeah that's that's about what I've, I've got from it too i mean i think we mentioned it's kind of allowed us to to live our our dream as uh you know truckers like, without having to actually mm -hmm. be a trucker uh which is yeah. uh you know that's a huge plus but uh you know this was uh I, I by the time it released i was convinced that i wasn't going to like it uh with all the previews and stuff of what people said it was going to be uh because for the longest time no one actually really knew what the game was going to be like and uh, even up to the point where it was when it released i still wasn't quite sure even with the previews because they all seemed, they all sounded so insane. Um, and uh, there was a lot of people that were like, this is amazing. And there were just as many people that were just like, this is garbage. Who would ever enjoy this? So I just, I didn't know. And the only reason, you know, the only way I found out was uh, playing it. And it took a good, like, I don't know, three or four hours to kind of get past the, uh, uh, the opening, which there's a lot of opening in this game. A lot of cinematics, a lot of people yeah. talking, a lot of uh, information dumps all over the place. And I'm not the biggest fan of that in games, but but the setting and just what's happening in this game was so weird that it kept me playing. And once I finally got past all of that and got into the, the kind of gameplay loop that it wants you to do, which is generally when you boil it down to its most basic blueprint is put a bunch of stuff on your back, go to, you know, walk like, you know, 15, 20 minutes to the next destination, drop it all off, and then connect that destination to this overall grid of, of communication because everything is fragmented across the U.S. I'm not even going to go into the story because it's just, it would take like two hours. But that's generally yeah. what you're doing. And just that by itself sounds like so, so basic and just like not any fun at all. But there's so much more to this game that... I guess maybe the previews didn't get into because they made it sound like that's the entire game. And to a degree it is, but there's so much going on that just opens up over the course of like the first 10 hours or so that at that 10 hour point, it's almost an entirely different game than what it was whenever you first started because you can do so much more. Yeah. And I, I feel like this game does the best job of kind of giving you items and upgrades and whatnot. Like what, when you really need them, uh, like you will pick up things that allow you to to carry more. Uh, you'll get vehicles as you go along. 
I, I just got a fucking truck not too long ago. And now you can, and, and it comes at the right time. Like the thing to carry more will come when you're having to start to deliver uh, heavier packages. You know, the vehicles come into play when you have to start covering a lot more ground. Uh, and, and again, yeah, I, I don't want to go into a lot of story because, I mean, that is essentially what the game is. Um, I don't know. I can see why people love it. I can see why people absolutely hate it. Um, it, it just, it, it is one of those games. It checks every box for me. I mean, it's just a nice kind of relaxing experience. I mean, that's what it is more than a, you know, a, a video game. It's just an all around experience. I mean, it, it looks wonderful. It has a great soundtrack and it has a, a phenomenal way of like, uh, throwing a song out there, like during one of the most like scenic treks of the game. And it seems to do that quite often. Uh, when you're on these long stretches out on foot, it'll put this you know, hopeless sound and fucking sad song out there. And, and it just all adds up. Uh, plus, uh, plus there's a button to fucking take a piss in the creek if you want to. That's a very yeah. important button. It, it's very important. And, you know, that's uh, not even mentioning the whole, like, multiplayer thing that it's, that it's doing. Which, you know, for a game that is mm. so completely mm. lonely. I mean, you are literally playing by yourself when you're going and doing all this stuff. Uh, but it it doesn't ever feel like you're by yourself because of the way the multiplayer works. It's kind of like in Dark Souls where everybody could leave uh, messages on the ground being like, hey, don't mm -hmm. go that way, you'll die. Uh, this it takes it to another level. Uh, you know, there are a lot of times where you need to build roads so you can take that truck that you talked about, uh, you know, on an easier mm -hmm. path. And just doing it yourself requires a lot of materials that you would collect and things like that. But once you build one of those, other people will be able to find that and contribute to that cause. And then, you know, it's it's people building these things up together to make it an easier game, uh, you know, so you can traverse the, yeah. uh, the, the wilderness better and easier. And I, I think that it makes it, it's one of the, uh, I don't know, it's really memorable, like just going out there and seeing all these people that you've, uh, mm -hmm. you've seen before, you know, signs that you, you can give likes to them whenever you find them. And, uh, you know, when, when somebody's got built something, you can walk up to it and give them a bunch of likes, and that helps their overall uh, stats in the game so they can carry more weight and stuff like that. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, overall, like, it, it's just a, a really... It's probably my favorite game of the year, and I can't recommend it to anyone. Like, there's just no way you would know that you would like this game. It's unlike anything. Like, you've always got those games that you can compare to other things. Like, hey, if you like this, well, you'll like Borderlands 3. You know, if you like this, you'll like this. There's nothing else like this game. And I, I just, there's no way I could confidently say, hey, yeah, spend $60 on this. But then there's that chance that you could. And it's it's really something. It is something that will stick with you for a long, long time. I want to get into it, but I'm trying not to buy a lot of games. Uh, I mean, Christmas is coming up. I have two little kids. Unfortunately, their birthdays are also coming up right before Christmas. So uh, I need a few extra bucks laying around and, and not buying video games is an easy way to to at least not uh, not waste that money on something. But is this the kind of game with that multiplayer that if I try to play it in, like, March, am I going to be missing a lot? Uh, no, it's it's not it's not that kind of multiplayer. Um, it, it's not like a you, you see people doing this on your screen. It, it, it is very much like a Dark Souls. Like, even if you play Dark Souls, like, right now, you'll still see a lot of those things that everyone put down before. Uh, so it is, it is not like a what do you call it when everybody's just doing it you know it's oh, not like a massively God, multiplayer sort of it's not like a yeah. an mmo would be 
Yeah, I guess what you'd say is like an, it's an asymmetrical multiplayer kind of thing uh, to where whatever things happen on other people's stuff, it will continue to you'll continue to see that months down the road. Uh, so it is not something that you need to play right now to get all the benefits of. Uh, you may come across more players in like uh, the individual screens that you can go into and, and like make contracts with them uh, so you can see more of their stuff. But generally, you're just you're going to be able to see everything that everyone's done, probably you know until they shut the servers off. Yeah, I definitely want to play that. I've heard a lot of good things. I mean, all the people I know that are into the same kind of games I am like it, but they kind of have said the same thing that you did, where it's like I don't know if I recommend it, but I like it, and that, that actually appeals to me that you can't tell me why I should like it or not. Um, you know, a lot of the other games I really want to buy right now is, of course, uh, Shenmue Three finally came out. Uh, we we covered Shenmue One last year i think or maybe maybe two years ago at this point and i've been looking forward to shenmue 3 since the end of shenmue 2 but again trying not to spend the money right now i kind of feel bad about that one because i feel like i should support it but um yeah i'd feel worse if i didn't have money for christmas so i'll eventually play it but that did make me start replaying shenmue 2 again i never did finish it after we played shenmue 1 uh, the, the hd remaster so i've been playing through that and, and i really spent a lot of time because up until this episode i have not had a lot of experience directly with the game we're going to talk about now Donkey Kong Country for the Super Nintendo. I think, I think especially for Jeremy and I, this was uh, this is one of those you know, break glass in case of emergency games. Uh, I, we have played some some odd titles here, and and that's all right. The occasional odd title, you know, you find a you find a, a gem that way every now and then. Uh, but but sometimes you just want to go back to something you have a lot of fond memories with, something you're you're familiar with, and for me. That's definitely Donkey Kong Country. Uh, it is a game that uh, I picked up when it released. I mean, I remember getting hyped up about it when Nintendo Power sent off that, that making of video. Uh, like I said, I wore out. Uh, and yeah, I, I just remember playing that thing, trying to get 100% on there. And, and you know, years later, it's one of those you'd pick up every now and then and play. Uh, but, you know, Leading up to this, this is probably the longest stretch that I had gone without playing it, which it kind of, you know, I was glad we were going to review it because that's the case. Uh, it's not fresh in my mind, per se, so maybe I can I can go in and, and maybe not be as, as kind to it as I usually am. Yeah, for me, this was, uh, I got this for Christmas one year when I was a kid, and I just remember seeing all the previews for it and being like, there's no way a Super Nintendo game could look this good. You know, you look at it now and it really hasn't aged very well, but I can assure you back when this game came out, uh, that was one of the most amazing looking games I had ever seen. So I was super excited to play it just to see it. Uh, I never realized how, how much it would stick with me over time because it is one of those games uh, that I, I still pull out to this day 
and you know around Christmas time and and enjoy it. I don't play through it the entire or the entirety of it because you know it's a long game, but like uh it, you know it's it's to me it's just one of those uh, nostalgic games that I can sit down and play just about any time and hear that music, hear those sound effects. Uh, it it just all comes back to me. And this isn't one of these these examples where I never played this. I have played this game before, but I just never finished it. I. I just was like, yeah, okay, I played it. it it's a fun. It's a, a platformer. And then I moved on because I had a thousand other games to play and just never went back to the original Donkey Kong Country. I've, in fact, beaten uh, whatever the one on the Wii was, Donkey Kong Country Returns, I think. I finished that one and got all the extras. Like, I, I like these kind of games. I just haven't really played a lot of this specific game until this podcast. So this isn't one where I'm like, I didn't even know Donkey Kong existed. Who is this guy? Did you know he was in other games? I mean, it, I, I've played this before, but uh, just not to the level you guys had. And that's it. Something about this lends itself to the holiday season. Um, and that's kind of what had this this game in my mind. Uh, you know, when this time of year rolls around, I don't know. It's, it's got to be that snow level, which we I think will probably. There's no way going of going through this without discussing some of the just wonderful levels that pop up in this game. Uh, and you talked about the music. We will get more in depth on that. Uh, my, my big thing, like my fondest memory of this game is my father really kept up with video games through the NES era and 16 bit era. He was not present for a lot of, um, he was, was kind of in and out. He certainly wasn't really keeping up with it. He wasn't buying any games of his own or anything like that. Um, yeah, besides that Super Nintendo Contra, there wasn't wasn't much he got into. Uh, he he wouldn't pick up again until PS2 era maybe. Uh, but this is one of those that I was playing, and he was flabbergasted. And you got to, and it's like Jeremy said, you look at it now. I mean, it's not an ugly game now, but it's just it the luster uh, has certainly wore off a little bit. But think back then. You didn't see anything like this on your your home consoles. You didn't have anything that that looked this good or, or sounded this good. Uh, and as we'll talk about as we go along, play this fucking good too. And and I just remember my father just being blown away by this one. And and this is one of those that he would find out what time I was playing, and and he would be there if I was playing this game. He want he didn't play it himself, but he wanted to see it through. You know, he wanted to see what that next level looked like and whatnot. And and it's one of the few times where I had a parent, you know, recommending me. Maybe I should, hey, maybe you should go play that game for a little bit. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of fond memories involved with this one. And and Jeremy P., I can't believe you played. You hadn't played this one all the way through. Did you make it all the way through this time? Uh, I have not finished this just due to lack of time. But I put a lot of time yeah, into it. Yeah. And I, I mean, uh, I think if we did this tomorrow, I actually probably would be finished with it by then. But I have not finished it yet. But I... I I've played through a lot of this game. I'm, I'm prepared to discuss it. Have you been through the minecart stage? Oh, of course. That That's early on. I did do some minecarts. I think that's – that's you got plenty to talk about then. Well, but but uh, it's just and it's just I, I love the way this thing is laid out too. Um, just uh, it's, it's going kind of world by world against, the, I guess, the, the island that makes up Donkey Kong Country. And, and each part is just so unique, and it looks different, and each part sounds different than the rest. I, I, this is a game that I, I could tout the presentation of to, to no end. And I think, like, I, I don't know if anybody remembers this, but this was the game that uh, Nintendo was putting out there. It's like, you don't need a next generation system. You know, we can do this here. You know, this yes. was kind of the time when, uh, 
the the Super Nintendo CD was all rumored and that all that kind of fell through. Uh, and then like the 3DO and Jaguar and stuff like that was coming out. And then like, so Nintendo's like, look at this, you know, we can make better graphics on the Super Nintendo than what they're doing over here. Uh, you know, expending like 200 more dollars on a new system. It's right here on Nintendo. And yeah, like uh, just, this is one of those games that I can just look at and instantly be like, yes, this is totally, yeah, this is exactly what I remember this game being. Mm -hmm. It was an amazing thing to see back then. Uh, I'm sure Jeremy will, will get into that a bit more, but it was, I think that was like the big push for this game. I don't know if this game would have ever been as big as it was if it wasn't for the, the technology that they used to, to make this game. Oh, well, no, because I mean, it was the, the, the look of this was the, the selling point. I, and certainly that's what, and it's like Jeremy said, you know, the new consoles were coming around and yeah, this was, they, I don't think they made any qualms about it. This was, you know, their, their way of trying to keep the system, you know, fresh, keep the system relevant and keep people from jumping ship. And, and honestly, I've always considered this game also the one that pretty much ended the whole Super Nintendo Sega Genesis battle. I think with this game, I think Nintendo put out a high bar that the, I mean, what the Genesis, uh, when the Genesis went for their, you know, graphic powerhouse game, they put out fucking Vector Man, uh, you know, pile of shit. But yeah, I, I had always also considered this one, you know, not just Super Nintendo trying to hang in there a little bit longer. I always figured this was the game that just kind of, if you were on the fence, uh, between the Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis. This was the one that, that you know, this was the last shot. This was the winning shot, I thought. It definitely is very impressive looking. Uh, the game is entirely digitized models, so it looks, um, I mean, I don't want to say like Pit Fighter, that's a bad example, but like Killer Instinct. You know, the, the games from the later Super Nintendo that had this 3D look, but it wasn't just big blocky, you know, polygons. It, it looks really, really sharp, and it, it moves really well. Um, this was made by Rare, uh, who had done a million things on the Nintendo previously. You know, a lot of games I didn't even realize were rare until I started looking them up. Um, the original Slalom that I like is them. They did RC Pro-Am. They did the Wizards and Warriors games. And then, you know, up through Nintendo. By this time, they were basically a Nintendo second party. And, and this this was the game that kind of changed where they became an in-house development team for Nintendo for a while. Fun, you know, interestingly enough, I found out that Rare is the company also who did the NES version of Pirates, the game we covered last episode. So there you go. There's another connection <laughs> between our episodes. Oh, by so they, they, they eventually made a good game. <laughs> they made a bunch of good games over time. I mean, Rare is a, is a powerhouse up through the Nintendo 64, and then uh, Microsoft bought them later on. And, and they did a few more games there, but, you know, we, we already covered other of the games they did later in time. Uh, Blast Core we covered, I think, like, <laughs> first year of this podcast. And... Uh, and the Banjo Kazooie series we we talked about as well. So they they went on to do major things. This was the but this was one of the games though they did that kind of pushed them to the next level. Like I think Donkey Kong Country and Killer Instinct were the two games they put out on the Super Nintendo that kind of made everyone go, "Whoa, this company really knows what they're doing with this technology, making it look really good on these older consoles." And uh, so yeah, this game when you first play it, even now it's still it's still pretty striking. Now I mean. You, if you put this game on a new system, you'd be like, what is this? This is ugly. You could easily do better than this. But if you look at anything else on the Super Nintendo, go play, you know, Super Mario World, which still looks really good today, and then play this. And, you know, the, the difference in style is is notable. And especially when you're trying to think, you're trying to compare against these upcoming 32-bit systems. And like Jeremy said, the 3DO and the Jaguar that, 
you know, thankfully they didn't have a whole lot of powerhouse titles. I apologize about the 3DO comment, Jeremy, but <laughs> this this really still <laughs> looked like it would fit on those new systems, but it played like a good Super Nintendo game. I mean, this was even though it was not. Nintendo directly, they had a hand in approving everything on the game, and so not only does it look really interesting, and the sound is very good, but it plays really, really well. The control is, uh, I mean, as tight as, uh, a little, not as quite as tight as a Mario, but I don't think it's supposed to. It, it's a little loose, but I, I think that's by design, but still, it, it, you know, I didn't have any major problems with the controls for this game whatsoever, unless there was a barrel attached. We'll get into that, otherwise, <laughs> I was really good with uh, the controls <laughs> of this game. Yeah, I did not have a lot of problems where I died by accident or, you know, couldn't make a jump I thought I'd make. It was it's very well defined. Oh, it's it's tight. And like you said, it's not Mario tight, uh, but it doesn't need to be. I, you know, Donkey Kong kind of he moves different than Mario. I mean, obviously, it's it's a, a, a heavier character than Mario. And I, I think it shows the controls. He's got a, you know, kind of a. And I think they did a great job. You didn't see this back, uh, you know, kind of in the 16 bit days. If it, if it makes any sense, it, he controls like he has a little bit of weight to him. Yeah, I mean, he does because yeah, he definitely has that. It's not like Mario. I mean, the controls are different. And and they got to be because Donkey Kong is, is such a, a larger character than Mario. And I think it shows in the controls. I, it, and this is something that probably the first instance of recognizing this in a video game I, you didn't see it a lot in the 8-bit or 16-bit days where the, the character feels in, with his movements and with your controls like he's got a certain certain weight or a certain heft to him whether he's he's coming down from his jump or, or going through the roll he's got like a weight and a momentum to him and, and they did a great job of, of getting that across in the on the screen and in the controls yeah definitely i mean he is uh you know he's a big old gorilla so uh, you kind of expect him to to be a little bit weightier uh, or, or more weighty than than what your your normal skinny character would be uh, or smaller character, and that would be Diddy Kong, and he is yes. the the smaller of the two. And uh, as soon as you pick pick him up or, or get to control him, uh, the weight difference shows you know completely because Diddy is a much faster, more nimble character than Donkey Kong. And uh, you know I was gonna ask at some point what what was your uh, preference. You know, were you guys a, a Donkey Kong guy or, or a Diddy Kong guy? For me, it was always I, I like Diddy Kong because uh, mm -hmm. I, I love just kind of blasting that run button and, and going as fast as I can through those <laughs> levels. Uh, he he didn't quite have the power of Donkey Kong, you know, as far no. as killing people, but it was all about hitting those jumps and, and you know, getting making those super long uh, chasms that Donkey Kong really couldn't do. And it, that that's kind of why I always stuck Diddy if I could. I was a Diddy Kong man. I, I tried to keep him kind of in the forefront, you know, with Donkey Kong in the background just in case. Uh, yeah, but with Diddy, uh, that cartwheel move, and he could cut through. You could get several enemies at a time with that thing. Uh, of course, you know, Diddy's not able to take out. Uh, there are very few enemies. There's a few enemies that he is not able to to take out. You have to have Donkey Kong for that, for some larger enemies. But yeah, I, you could get through the level quick. And the one thing is there are so many hidden rooms and hidden areas in this game. And and you do a lot of that by throwing uh, barrels into, into walls and or sides of cliffs or, or whatnot, sides of the platforms. And you, you can't really tell where these are. And you know, Donkey Kong, when he carries a barrel, it's overhead. So I always had Diddy Kong, who keeps it kind of up front. And, you know, so that way you can just kind of walk into these edges and whatnot. And if you make contact with them, you'll bust through. So that's kind of originally why I got into the habit 
of playing with Diddy Kong, just trying to discover these areas. But I found out, you know, for for levels where I know it, it's smaller enemies, and and like Jeremy said, there are some longer jumps. Um, yeah, I, I just I, I feel he's kind of the way to go, and and just keep Donkey Kong back there for for the muscle if needed. Yeah, we didn't really explain that, and, and again, I think most people have played this game before, but just in case you haven't, uh, in this game, you start as Donkey Kong, but you can play as uh, Diddy Kong, who's a smaller Donkey Kong. He's a little bit faster. He does not have, uh, Donkey Kong has that move where he hit down, and his um, the, the button will make him roll normally. He, like, pounds his fists on the ground. Diddy Kong can't mm-hmm. do that. But Diddy Kong's a little bit faster, and there are definitely parts of levels that are, uh, Donkey Kong has to actually slow down and crawl to get through some spaces that Diddy Kong can just run through at his normal speed because he doesn't have to duck. So the, I did use Diddy Kong a lot. I found I would use Donkey Kong more on stages where I knew I had more things to fight, but also where uh, it was not as important to be fast. I mean, I think you, the goal is to go through this pretty quickly anyway. It's a pretty standard side-scroller for, uh, for some of the level design, but there was a lot of times where I, I liked the heft of Donkey Kong, but I still probably use Diddy Kong more. Um, you, you start with just Donkey Kong, you'll find Diddy Kong in a barrel. There's these barrels that have DK written on the side, and uh, when you go up and smash one, your partner jumps out. So if you are Diddy Kong and you no longer have Donkey Kong with you, then he'll be in a barrel. If you have Donkey Kong you Diddy Kong, he's in a barrel. And Donkey Kong or Diddy Kong have one hit point. Uh, so if you get hit by anything in the level and you have your partner, you know, Donkey Kong will run off the screen and all of a sudden you're Diddy Kong until you get to a Donkey Kong barrel uh, to, to get him back. So it's kind of like it, it's also your hit point mechanism in this game. If you can keep finding the barrels to get your partner and make sure you always have a partner, you can always take a hit. But there are lots mm-hmm. of, uh, of jumps in this game. It is a definite platformer, not, not an action game with some platforming. It is an action platformer. So there's a lot of parts where if you miss a jump or if you, you know, misfire a barrel because there's barrels that shoot you around levels in some places, you will fall to your death. And it doesn't matter if you have both your partners or just one. It, that's it. You go back to the start of the level or there are some checkpoints about halfway through most of the levels. Uh, the levels are fairly short. I, I like that about this game. Yeah. They're very short. They're also very varied. Uh, you, there's an overall map that you can't go wherever you like, but as you go through it, you know, it draws a line to the next area, and then it draws a line to the next area. And you can go back to areas you've already finished, which you end up trying to do. You might do it, especially the first time playing, to get more more lives. Uh, because you only have one hit point, maybe two if you have your partner with you, and, and falling to your death is fairly common, you're going to want to make sure you have a good number of lives before you take on any new level. Uh, thankfully, you don't... Uh, Thankfully, you're not alone on the island, uh, along with trying to, you know, get get your bananas back, which is the whole point of the game. Someone stole your bananas. Uh, you, you have the help of the other Kongs. This is, I think, the game that introduced the idea of other Kongs, including Diddy Kong. He wasn't around before this game. So you've got Donkey Kong and Diddy Kong, who are playable characters. You've got Candy Kong, who lets you save your game at her spots. So if you're playing this on the actual cart, that's the only way to save. But save there as often as you can, especially once you kind of have to go backtrack and don't have to choose to backtrack to get more lives. You can save as often as you want. Just go back to a safe spot, save, and then go on your way. Uh, it definitely keeps things uh, so you don't have to try to do it in one sitting because it's a fairly long game for this sort of uh, sort of game. Uh, there's also Cranky Kong, who is an old Kong who uh, gives you advice, sometimes tells you what to do on certain levels. Um, the other person you find is the terribly named Funky Kong. Funky Kong looks like a surfer. And apparently he flies you around to other areas. I guess like a quick travel, so you don't have to go back through all the map pieces as you go through the game if you want to go back to earlier levels. Uh, but, but they're there to help you out, which is good. Uh, they're not in the levels. They're, they're on the overworld map. They you know After you clear up to a point, it'll let you get to one of their houses to either save or do whatever you need to do there. And then you continue on your way to the other uh, parts of the game. As you go through this island, it goes from you know jungle areas, beach areas, underwater areas. There's the snow area. 
it, it, it's got a good varied set of levels. Uh, some of the levels are extremely easy, and then some of the levels in the middle there, uh, it's not like it gets, it does get increasingly harder overall, I'd say, but I think that, that each, each area has one level, maybe two, that are extremely difficult, <laughs> and I, for me at least, and I found my way going through lives pretty quickly. The first of those, I actually did not have a problem. I, I know you brought it up, Billy, the minecart section in this game is not that mm -hmm. bad. It's not. Compared you know, there, to other to Minecraft day, games, Minecart games, it's not bad. There is one part of that minecart stage that still to this day gets me. Uh, it, it's it's the part where it speeds up and you have to make a few jumps in a row. For some reason, uh, having played this thing for God, fuck over 20 years now, I still can't get the timing down. I'm still guaranteed to lose two or three lives on that thing. Uh, but yeah, well, along with the Kongs, you also, in the stages, you have several animal pals to help you out. And, yes. and I gotta say, I usually am a little iffy in games when they, they implement this kind of thing. I mean, the, these animals, I guess, function sort of like vehicles. Uh, you've got a, a rhino that, you know, works just like you would think a rhino does, just kind of rams things, uh, is, is great for finding secret rooms. Uh, you got, I mean, you got an ostrich that flies, uh, you got a high-jumping frog, you've got a fucking swordfish for the, the underwater levels. Uh, and, and I think these things also, hats off to them, control really damn well. I think they, they do a good job of making you feel like it's an actual upgrade. You know, it yes. makes you strong. I can't remember what game it was we played recently where you got um, animals that you could, you know, that helped you or something. And it almost seemed like, you know, it, it was a detriment. You know, it, they they went away after like one hit and they, they it, it wasn't even like you were uh you know playing god what was the fucking game it, that we it did was that? joe and mac 2 also for the super nintendo yes joe and mac 2 yes but this is the exact opposite of that game as far as like your animal partners go like these actually feel like you have these are you know substantial power-ups they like the rhino will just bust through everything and, and knock everything off the stage with his horn uh mm -hmm. the swordfish and in, in the the swimming levels makes those levels so much faster, you know, and you can just mow through just about everything with them. Uh, it's, it's a, you know, that, that is a, a, a pretty nice thing to find uh, whenever, whenever you do come across them. Well, not just that they, along with getting them in the level, which is great. You can find golden statues of those same, um, you know, uh, mounts, uh, golden statues of the same mounts. And those will take you to bonus areas where there's nothing but, you know, bananas and coins and whatever it is you need. If in, Just like in, in a Mario game, you get 100 bananas, a little counter at the top of the screen, and 100 gives you an extra life. You can also find these red balloons that give you an extra life. Every level also has the letters K-O-N-G, and though you get all four of those in the level, you get an extra life. The game makes it very easy, in theory, to get extra lives, but it also is it makes it very easy to, to die when you get to a level that's a little tough. Billy mentioned he has a problem with one jump. Uh, on the, mm -hmm. the minecart level, and I, I definitely died sometimes on the minecart level, but I, I don't know, maybe I'm so so shaken by other games' minecart levels that this wasn't that bad. <laughs> um, but the for me, it's those barrel levels, and there's a lot of them. There's a, there's a lot of levels that require mm. you to use these barrels to to you know shoot yourself at other barrels, and then sometimes those move, and you have to actually push the button to fire at certain times, and you have to fire through two or three barrels to get to the one you need to get to, and you have to time that right. I just, I don't know why I'm bad at that. I That was the, every time I came to a level that had a series of those, I was like, oh man, I'm glad I saved recently because I'm going to lose 10 to 15 lives just trying to figure out how to time this right. I don't know why that's such a problem for me and no one else, but I really had a difficulty with those. And actually an early level that I kept, I don't know what it was about the level, but the, the first level with like the millstones, 
where they there's these giant mm-hmm. millstones with these beaver characters in the middle, and sometimes they fall down, and sometimes they run around the screen. Every time I had one of those levels, I would have problems with those too. Like uh, the underwater levels, no problem. There's no air in this game, so hooray. I mean, that's if I can see there's an underwater level where I don't have to worry about running out of air, I'm instantly thrilled with it. I'm much happier doing that than anything where you have to worry about air. But but the it's really just that the barrels, and unfortunately that's a lot of this game, and mm-hmm. and the millstone levels early on. I just I was dying horribly. I, I'd say the the easiest thing in this game, and that that goes all the way through. I mean, I again I didn't get to the last guy this time, but I did just check it out on, on YouTube to make sure I wasn't crazy. But all the bosses in this game are pretty easy. There, yeah. There's there's bosses that are all you know jump on their head or there's a few you do a few other things you have to throw barrels at one or whatever but there's still it gives you all the tools you need it starts you right at the boss fight as the level you don't have to like run through an area to get to the boss fight to try and die it's it's right there so the, the bosses in this game are i mean they're nice to look at but they're nothing special and they are definitely not hard no i mean get it get it. it's one of those games where where in each world uh, it, it's kind of like what you're saying in each world there is going to be like one level that, that probably trips you up. There's probably maybe one that's going to give you some trouble, uh, but you're going to reach a couple of stumbling blocks along the way there. But yeah, the bosses, uh, I don't know if it's what they're going for or not, but yeah, they, it is very simple, uh, very basic for the most part, uh, but, but fun. Uh, I thought the boss fights were, were good fun. Uh, it's nothing you really had to put a lot of thought into. And, you know, at that point in time, especially the first time, first few times playing through this before the before it was ingrained in my memory, I, I was just so excited to get through that area. Because when you saw a boss, you knew when you finished him, you were heading off to a new area. And, and you know, you were excited to see what was coming, coming from that. But, yeah, uh, great looking bosses, though. I, I agree on the barrels. I think the barrels to me are is some of the hardest stuff in the game because it's when they it's when they it's the one that does the the barrels move in so many different ways. Some yeah. of them you have more control of. Some of them are automatic, and some of them you have to time, not just when you're going to the the next barrel, but like you know that one is going to the second you get in it, it is automatically shooting you into another one. It's going to automatically shoot you into another, and you have to, you're timing like three or four barrels. So, yeah, I, I understand. I, I struggle a little bit with the barrels when it comes down to the the, the automatic ones. Early on, it's not too bad because it's not usually bad. just maybe like three or four in succession. Mm-hmm. But then, like later on in the game, it can go up to like a dozen or more. And, yeah. you know, if you, if you miss one of those barrels, then it's, you know, it's you die. You know, you just, it's, you fall. And, then you got to start right back at the beginning or something, and the, I can see, I can definitely see where where that can get to be pretty tedious if you're not just on the mark with some of the with the timing of some of those barrels. Well, and some of them require you to also avoid enemies while you're making these shots. So not only are you trying to make sure you time it right because the barrels are all moving around, but there could be some kind of like hornet thing flying around the room, and if you hit those, even with your partner, sure you you know you die. But your partner comes out, but then you've messed up the whole trajectory of your jump, and, and you're gonna fall to your death. Yeah, I, I I did not enjoy the barrel parts. Like I always felt good finishing them, and and especially because the levels again are short enough that even the most painful levels, I was like, I'm gonna get through this, and then I'll just get back and save it and go get some lives at one of the earlier levels and come back and and keep working through this. Uh, th- there is no um, continue option necessarily since you do have the save spots. If you die, you go back to the last time you saved the game. So even if you've gotten through six or seven levels go back and save if you get to a level that you die on pretty early just make the steps back to save and go back again or you're going to find yourself having to redo four or five of these levels uh, or at least i did before i realized that was how this is going to work for me 
All right, and we we've, we've said plenty so far about kind of the looks of it, and and there's no denying uh, it's a great looking game. Yeah, it's it's finally, especially if you're playing on a uh, you know a flat screen, it's 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 showing its age. Uh, one thing though that fucking I think is still going as hard as it did when it came out is the soundtrack to this game. Uh, this game still has some of my favorite tracks uh there's one the first time you're in the mines i i absolutely love that one i love the one for the it's the barrel stage where the snow's coming down uh but it's the first fucking underwater stage of this game has uh, probably to- top five my favorite video game tracks <laughs> sounds amazing um it i remember back in the day i actually you know it sounded so good that i brought out my boom box and set it next to the tv mm-hmm. to uh you know record that's, <laughs> high pra- that's high praise i only did that with donkey kong country and uh mario rpg i did that with with donkey kong country and super castlevania and, <laughs> like those were the two that i did that for and uh, especially like the water level, everyone remembers that one, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but there's so many others that going back to it now, I'm just like, oh, man, this game sounds so good. And I'm pretty sure the guy that that uh, composed all the music for this also uh, does the uh, the newer games as well. Well, even if even if the, the music wasn't good, which the music is good and it's catchy, it's catchy in the right way, like like a classic NES game is where it's yeah. it's in the background. You don't realize you're humming it till later on. You're walking around the house and you just can't get it out of your head. But it's also the sounds for, I mean, Donkey Kong and Diddy Kong make different mm. sounds all mm. the time. Almost every monster you're into makes some different noises here and there. I mean, everything makes good noises, good sounds. Yeah. Like it's actually, I mean, the underwater section, you're like, man, this is crazy. Even underwater, this game does not make me angry sound-wise. Like that's, the sound in this game is easily one of the best parts and one of the best sounding Super Nintendo games uh, that I can remember. It, it's, it, it does look a little dated when you try to play it on a flat screen. Um, it, it is available on the uh, Super Nintendo Classic. I thought it was on the, the Switch Super Nintendo library that they're never going to update, but it's not. So <laughs> you have to play it on the Classic. And yeah, it, it, it still looks good. It would look a lot better if I had it on the actual Super Nintendo hooked up to, to you know, an older TV, but it still looks good, you know, even despite the fact that it was made to run on these old CRTs. So it, it, it holds up well, I think, as far as, you know, looking well, playing really well, sounds really good. Here's the thing. I don't know if I like this game. Like, I, I don't think it's a bad game. Don't get me wrong. And I think the games that it spawned are, 
you know, there's two more sequels on the Super Nintendo where they add more characters, more mechanics. Like I said, I've played through and finished the one on the Wii. I really want to get on the Switch. They put the the one that was out in the Wii U again, uh, the Tropical Trouble or whatever. I want that. I like the this character. I like this kind of game. I don't think this specific game went far enough with some of those mechanics. So there was all these things I wanted it to do that it doesn't. And that's on me. But I couldn't get past it, and I don't think it controls quite as nicely as the later games. I, you know, I, I can't blame you. Uh, it, it is, uh, you know, if you're going back to it, really just trying to play it for the first time now, mm-hmm. it's it's probably just a little. I don't know. I, I still think it it holds up pretty well for the most part, as far as like controls and everything like that. Uh, but there's just, uh, I, I don't know, I, I could totally see somebody playing it now and just being like, eh, you know, I can't quite understand yeah. what this is all about. Well, uh, uh, especially if you played some of the later ones, because this is a series, and, you know, I know some of the later ones we will never review. Uh, this is a series I think just tightened up more and more as it went along. So, I mean, if you are playing that that Wii entry in the series, or even the ones that follow this. Yeah, it's going to be hard to go back to this one. You're going to have expectations in place. Uh, the, yeah, this original one's not quite going to meet. So I, I, I can understand that. Well, it's, it's the kind of game I'd play through two or three levels. Like, if I can get from a save point to the next save point, I just didn't want to play anymore right now. And I'd put it down, and I'd go do something else. And then a couple hours later, I'm like, you know, I should go play that more again because we're going to talk about it for the show, but if I, if we weren't, would I have had the interest to do so? I don't know. Like Every level I was enjoying, uh, there was nothing about it that I specifically, other than barrels, that I specifically did not enjoy. And even that, like that, that's not like that's a mechanic that vanishes. That's in all the other games too, but in this game, it's mm-hmm. just a little floaty. And because it's an instant kill, and there is a lot of backtracking when that happens, and it is single player only, uh, I think one of the things that fixes this for me in the other games is because you can play two players. So if you're you know, Donkey Kong, and you miss a jump, well, Diddy Kong hasn't jumped after you. Diddy Kong's the other player waiting there. So then you have a chance, at least, for two people to make that jump. And, you know, it it makes it a little better. I like the idea of two players in this kind of game. And I do believe in the second one actually has that, where you can play as as both players at the same time. But this one did not offer that. It's alternating. You can play alternating, which is not as much fun uh, at all. I I think for me about really the thing that that it hasn't aged well for me is what the the thing we've been hyping up the most in in this entire show is the graphics i going back to it now uh, i think it just looks it it doesn't look very good Mm. Uh, i think it's very kind of dark and dingy and muddy looking and i think that it actually kind of affects some of the the darker stages like when you're in the caves uh or something like that it's actually kind of hard to see where you're going sometimes um and i don't know if that's just because of newer tvs or, or or what but it's just one of those things that I really think has aged the worst. I think there's a lot of other Super Nintendo games that didn't kind of do the CG thing that look far better than this does now. But still, it's all about nostalgia for me with this game. And even though the graphics, you know, that's one of the worst things that has aged to me. I, I you know, It's still one of those things that kind of makes me warm and fuzzy inside every time I turn yeah. it on. Oh, yeah, it's the same here. And it's 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 like that with the graphics. I mean, every time I play it, you know, every every few years you put it in uh, and you notice the, the way that you're like, ooh. And, and every year it seems to be a little worse. But, I mean, that's it's all right. It's to be expected. Uh, but to me, uh, the thing is I have a good time with it every time. And, and it's like Jeremy said, it, it's, it's part nostalgia and part the fact that it's a, a, a pretty solid game. And... It's one of those uh, that, that 
I like to hop on. I have my favorite levels that I like to play through. Thankfully, they're all early on. So, you know, most of the time when I revisit this thing, I, I play through those, and, and that's about it. But, uh, yeah, and, I mean, this is one that I will, will keep going to. And truth be told, like I, like I said, the, the other games in the series, I think, just continually improved. I don't think Donkey Kong Country has a bad entry in the series that I'm aware of. Uh, and yeah, this this last these last couple that have come out have been wonderful. Also, uh, it's just it's a great formula that they've established with this one. And yes, it's the first in the series, so it's it's going to have some shortcomings, uh, especially if you are familiar with the new ones and then you you want to go back and and you know see where it started. Uh, but yeah, this uh, to me this definitely has earned its spot. Uh, it's just a a classic classic super nintendo game and i think it did its job at the time i think it kept i think it gave the super nintendo uh a little more life i mean i know in my household alone my my, my father who had been out of video games like i said at the beginning it it pulled him back in you know he he was interested in, in watching this thing play out and and you know there weren't a lot of games that were like that that you just wanted to sit down and kind of kind of watch for the the you know just based on looks and whatnot because there's certainly not a lot of story going on here it, it's all spectacle um and yeah i think this did the trick for nintendo i think it, it kept them afloat it kept the snes relevant uh they they set a bar that the the genesis finally could not reach uh, nobody wants to hear the fucking trash can version of that of the underwater theme uh it's 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 a wonderful game it's it's showing its age but it's it's still it's it's a lot like us. I mean, it's showing its age fucking horribly, but it it still manages to do its thing. I, I How old does it make you feel that this is twenty? This is the twenty fifth anniversary. This I think this week, this yeah, month, whatever. Yeah, right now, mm. Jesus, it's, it's not good. It's not good. This is a podcast where we could say that about basically every game, and then just feel real sad. <laughs> so let's not, let's never bring that up again. That's the answer, that's the answer every time. It's never good. It, it's always, it's always bad. I try to not. I try not to think about. Try not to think about things like that. Uh, fucking. But it is. I mean, I can, I can recall where you know, sitting there in, in my my bedroom when this thing came out, playing through. I. There's not a lot of games where I can recall my my first time really. You know, playing through them in a lot of detail. This is one of them. And yeah, it's it's always tough. And that's one of the things with this. I, this is why I, I cringe every time we, we drop a, a year in this thing. Uh, but yeah, I, it's, but I mean, that's a testament to it, really. I mean, we, we say that it doesn't look that great now, but fuck, 25 years, a quarter of a century has gone by. I mean, the fact that it still is holding up like it is is, is a testament to how well made it was. And I have to say, the on the classic, which I have hooked up downstairs on my main TV, Mm-hmm. And my kids, who are five and seven, uh, they, the game they they will go back to the one they asked to play is not Super Mario World, which I thought they would like. Uh, they thought they liked Yoshi's Island, uh, but uh, we already talked about some faults with that that they could not get past. But Donkey Kong Country, every time I have it out, they're like, "Oh, I want to play Donkey Kong Country." They're not good at it. They they they'll get maybe to the first boss if on on a good day, but still they like it. They they want to play it again. When I was playing it for this, they were watching me. You know, one of them would come in and watch me play it for like half an hour, and they're just like, "Man, this game is cool." I'm like. I guess it, you know, we, we think maybe it doesn't look so good because we're used to seeing, you know, what they were aiming for done much better on current systems, but it still holds up well. I mean, they, they, 
have a Switch. They have all these new systems, and they still were like, yeah, I like that game. Let me play Donkey Kong Country. So, hey, that, that's a good sign. That was our thoughts on Donkey Kong Country for the Super Nintendo, the start of a series that's still going on today, more or less. Uh, at least the, there's a version on the Switch, so I guess that has to count for current, even though it is a port of a Wii U game. Um, and Donkey Kong's become, you know, one of those flagship Nintendo characters. It was before then, too, but this is the first time he was really a starring character as opposed to a bad guy or a, a character in a, in a group game like Mario Kart. So, yeah, unsurprisingly, we all did enjoy it uh, to varying degrees, but it, it, it holds up pretty well, considering it's a 25-year-old game. Uh, I wonder, we didn't have any last episode when we talked about pirates. Do we happen to have any listener questions? We do. We've actually got a couple, and uh, they come courtesy of the Retrovania.net contact form, mm. which is, uh, well, you know, at Retrovania.net. If you scroll all the way down, there's a contact form. We've mentioned it at least 700 times at this point. You can fill that out, press the send button, and through the magic of the Internet, we will get it, just like we did Ryan F.'s email here and uh he's writing about not in the mood and it's probably not what you're thinking about first off thanks for supplying me with this amazing contact form to write because without it there's surely no other possible way i could have asked you the following question do you ever get to the point where you just don't feel like playing games like you turn on your console load up a game and then proceed to turn it off a few minutes later because you just don't have it in you I seem to get this a few times a year, and I was just curious if I'm the only one that falls out of love regularly with their favorite hobby. Thanks for answering my question. Uh, well, I'm not counting the times that I've, I've fallen into a deep, deep depression. Um, in that instance, yeah, I, 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 you know, Kenny, I don't, I don't even like doing anything at that point in time, so I don't think that counts. But yeah, I, I find that sometimes, uh, especially now, uh, that I'm, I'm going digital on a lot of games, I'm having the same trouble that I'm having with like the, the video, uh, you know, streaming services. Like when I got on Netflix, I just kind of flip and I flip through and I look and see what's there. What's there? What can I watch or what can I play? And, and I look through my library and there's some stuff on there that I want to play. There's some stuff on there that I need to finish. There varying degrees of games that, that I, I want to try out. Uh, but at the end, I, I spend so much time just kind of flipping through that. Well, one, I use up, you know, a portion of the time I was gonna I was gonna use to play, and it's like, well, there's no need to start anything now. Maybe next time. Uh, that happens a lot. I mean, I, that 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 form hits me every now and then, where I spend so much time just kind of, especially on fucking Steam now. It, it's ridiculous. I just I just scroll an endless list and and never settle on anything. But yeah, I, I think it happens from time to time. And, and a lot of it is just, you know, realizing that maybe I don't have as much time as I'd like or wasting too much time and just being completely indecisive and then just falling, <laughs> falling out of the mood to play anything by the time I've kind of got it narrowed down. Uh, before I answer the question, I do want to point out that while we always love people to use the form at Retrovania.net, and it is a great way to get a hold of us, uh, another way to get a hold of us is if you join our Patreon. There's a forum. You can go to the, the <laughs> forum there and send us any questions you want. You, there's a, a message board on there. You can send it directly to us. That's another option, but the, the, the mm -hmm. forum on Retrovania.net is free, so go, go ahead and use that. I hear, I hear we answer much more personal questions on the Patreon. Oh, that's, yeah, that's the Retrovaniacs After Dark. It, it's really, it's yes. really, really risque. Uh, but <laughs> the, the I it happens to me too. I, other than the depression point, sure. The I don't get overwhelmed as much as because I have so many games that I have to play or whatever. But 
I get tunnel vision where I want to play something specific, and if I don't have it, mm. then nothing else I have is going to scratch that itch. And it's a problem, because oh. that's why I end up buying so many games that I play 20 minutes of, and then go, oh, that was what I wanted, and then mm. I never get back to it. But there's a few staples that I, I've been pretty lucky uh, on, on the new systems that'll keep me busy. Of course, Monster Hunter, even... I, I don't know why that that gets me maybe it's because every time i need to play it you're gonna put an hour into it so at that point i feel like all right i'm already an hour into this i really earn it i'm good to go uh that that can, that doesn't seem to lose my interest too often uh, i also have games that like i won't play for months at a time and then all of a sudden like i'll find it and I, and then i'll get like really into it for like a week and then just just kind of fall off again and not play it uh, the mm -hmm. one on, on the ps4 i do that on the most is mad max I love that game. I think that game is oh, awesome. Yeah. But I, it, there's, I don't know what it is. I'll play so much of it, and I'll do so much of the same thing over and over again. I guess it's exactly what it is, is that to, to fill out the map and see everything, you're going to do a lot of the same thing. You know, it's a Grand Theft Auto-style open-world game. So there's, aside from just the story missions, you've got all these, like, things to find and, and these races you can go on. So I'll spend, like, days just doing that stuff. And I'm like, all right, I'll go to the next story mission. And then mm. after I finish that, I'm like, all right, I don't want to play this anymore right now. And then I'll go off and do something else for weeks or months and then come back to it and be like, oh, I, I need to play this game again. This is great. But, you know, for every one of those that, that keeps bringing me back, there's, you know, I, I, I bought the, the Last Guardian. That's one that, like, I really wanted badly because I love the, the previous two games, um, Ico and... and um, Shadow of the Colossus, so I was like, I'm going to love this game. And I played that for a while, and then I lost interest, and I've just never gone back to it. And I want to. I want to finish it, but like, I'll turn it on. I'm just like, yeah, I don't want to play this right now. And I, someday I'll find like a time where no one's around for a week, and I'll be able to get back into that. But yeah, I, I think I have more times where I just there's a game I'll want. Like right now, I really want Shenmue 3. Thankfully, I have Shenmue 2 that I feel like I should play again first. Otherwise, nothing else I have. I mean... Yeah, because it's going to come close, and that's it. Everything else is like, yeah, but it's not. It's not what I want to play. I want to play this, and I want to play the new, that new Star Wars game. And I'm, I'm sure it's probably mm -hmm. not that great, but at the same time, I'm on this big Star Wars kick right now uh, with the Mandalorian being so good and the new movie coming out. So I want to play it now, but I, I'm like, mm -hmm. I don't want to buy it, and so nothing else I have is going to be, be that. So you know, it's like, I'll, I'll go through that more. Uh, the other than than just being super tired or, or depressed, not feeling like doing anything, like the it's more the I really want to play this one game I don't have. What else do I have? And I'll flip around I'm like none of it's what I want, and I'll just turn it off and watch a movie instead. So it, it does happen. It's not just you. I think for me, it's like what, a, a lot of what Billy said. Uh, there's just too many options maybe right now, especially if you got something like Game Pass on Xbox. Like there's mm -hmm. you, you go to that, and you're just scrolling through these games and there's a lot of good games on there to play. And you're just like, well, I should probably play that. Oh, I should probably, I should play that. And then by the time I get done scrolling through it, uh, I just don't really want to play anything. And uh, also combined with getting older that I, I don't know, less and less games just really interest me and make mm -hmm. me want to play through them. Like, you know, it really holds my attention. I think that's, you know, Death Stranding. It's, it is something that has, has held my attention from the, the moment that it started. And there's so few games that, that do that for me anymore. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I think there was just maybe something that, you know, when we were kids and we only had like two or three games that we actually owned, uh, you know, it, that was all we had to play. And so, you know, you'd sit down and be like, well, it's time to put two more hours uh, in, into Jaws for the NES <laughs> because that was the game you owned. Uh, and I, you know, now there's there's so many choices that you can't really just narrow it down unless it's literally something like Death Stranding that is just like, I have to play that because I really want to see it's, it, the way through it. Um, yeah, I don't know. A lot of these games anymore, like 
how I how I described like Borderlands 2 as just being a popcorn game as something I throw in and have fun for 20 minutes or so and then I'm kind of done with it. And uh, I think that kind of sucks because I really want to, you know, I want those games like Death Stranding that really kind of pushes me through it, like Bioshock or something. Mm. Um, you know, just things that really just kind of keeps me keeps me going and play for three or four hours straight. And that seems to be more rare, uh, you know, ever, as every year goes through <laughs> by. I, I don't know if that's me or just the games coming out, uh, but that's generally my problem. Anyway, our next and last question this week comes in from Matthias, and uh, it's about favorite remakes. After listening to the Medieval episode and seeing the PS4 remake of it, I was really excited to replay one of my favorite PlayStation games all over again. But I'm mostly disappointed with it, and I can't really put my finger on it. Maybe it's the way too shiny graphics or almost zero gameplay improvements, but I think I'll just stick with the original PlayStation version. Have any of you done the same and gotten really excited for a modern remake of a favorite game of yours, only to regret your purchase when it came out? I can't say I regretted my purchase because there were some parts, but the biggest uh, letdown when they put out that Silent Hill HD collection, uh, which which collected uh, you know part two and three, um, I was so excited. I you know I, to spoil Halloween next year, I, I love Silent Hill two, and to spoil Halloween the year after that, I fucking love Silent Hill three. Um, and to have both these games there with a you know a fresh coat of paint on them, uh, maybe some improved controls a little bit. I, I was all for it. I, instead, they uh, they stuck their nose where it really didn't belong. They they changed things that didn't really need to be changed. Uh, some damning changes to the the voice acting and the soundtrack and and all kinds of stuff like that. Just just things that I don't think people really complained about or, or said needed fixing. Um, so yeah, it, it still, it was nice to have them. It was nice to have both games, certainly on one disc right there. And they did look nice. Uh, I mean, they looked better. Uh, I, you know, it wasn't pushing the full capabilities of, you know, what the, the late stage PS3 could, could do, but it was, it was a step up and, you know, they didn't really touch the controls or anything like that. Um, but yeah, but the, the changes, it just, it made it to where, while I didn't regret playing it, it, it certainly was not the, the go-to I went to when I wanted to play those games. Like if I still had the PS2 hooked up, I would prefer, you know, I still thought the definitive experience was, was playing the original titles, you know, with that, uh, that original, uh, voice acting and, and original soundtrack and whatnot. So yeah, that was probably the, the most amount of hype I had for one followed by the biggest letdown. Uh, it wasn't to the point to where I never touched it. I mean, I still still would play with play around with it. You know, when I when I packed the the two up for a little bit. But yeah, I, I think with remakes, that was one that 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 really threw me for a loop when it came out. On consoles, there's not too many that I'd say I'm disappointed with because I normally don't buy them unless there's some reason. You know, I don't have the original anymore, or I don't have a way to play it. Uh, like Shemu HD was a good example. I wanted to support that project anyway, but I, I don't currently have a copy on uh, on my Dreamcast. And while I do have the Xbox version for Shemu 2, it was nice to have everything on one system, uh, kind of just, you know, play it all at the same time. And the HD is nice. The, the little things uh, to the, the graphics were, were a nice touch. So, you know, it, it didn't change the game drastically. It was nice to have. But generally, I don't buy a lot of direct remakes what i end up buying a lot of unfortunately is new games with older 
uh, based on older material that are always a letdown. <laughs> I'm, I'm a big, <laughs> I've got lots of those I regret uh, over the years. I, I'd say more often, the, the only thing I could think of that was really like, man, this was a huge letdown is iOS only, really, I guess any phone. But the ports they did of Final Fantasy 4, 5, and 6 on mm -hmm. cell phones where they changed the graphics around. And, and they didn't change the game, but they made the graphics like, they just look like Flash games. They do not look good. They should have just kept the original graphics, make them look 16-bit. Instead, they tried to dress them up a little bit. They are not good. And uh, and the, the, the I guess, yeah, iOS ports, there's a lot of those that, there's just problems with them. The, the iOS port right now of... Chrono Trigger is it doesn't even work anymore. Like it's just it's huge little things. They're like how you know you're charging me ten bucks for these things. I don't know why I'm buying them anyway. Well, I'm buying them so I can play <laughs> them at work and pretend I'm working. But but I, it's like it's so bad. I even regret that ten dollar purchase. That would be the only ones. And Final Fantasy four, five, and six uh, remasters, I guess for uh, for phones. And I think they put them out again on PSP. I guess for me, like uh, I don't know. Lately, like the remake thing has been doing really well for me. Uh, yeah. You know, Resident Evil 2 this year was was probably my one of my favorite games of the year. Um, that but was that, just, that like know. went over and beyond. That wasn't just yeah. like, here's Resident Evil 2 with some new graphics. They're like they they rebuilt that game. Yeah, that is, I think, the gold standard as far as like a remake goes. Mm. Uh, but I, I guess most disappointing for me was uh, the Secret of Mana remake that, that they put out. I think it was like last year. Uh, Secret of Mana for the Super Nintendo is one of my all time favorite games. And uh, I was really looking forward to that kind of remake remaster of it where they kind of they did some like it's all 3d now polygons everything like that now i was still looking forward to it even though it, the screens didn't look the greatest uh but then it came out and it is just it's just soulless it, there's just nothing that none of the charm from the original is there they changed all the music um nothing about it is anywhere close as good as i think the super nes game they even like kept all the jank from the super nes game uh, and it just, it was really disappointing. It wasn't a full price game, so thank God for that. Uh, but I think they're actually making up for it because uh, the Trials of Mana that's coming out for Switch next year looks absolutely phenomenal. Um, and I, I absolutely can't wait to play that. So if they can make up for, for my disappointment for Secret of Mana, then uh, please do, because that was a very disappointing remake. And I think probably the worst that I've, the most disappointment I've had in a long time for a remake. Was oh. the uh, the the soundtrack change they did for Secret of Mana? Was it as awful as when they took my damn guitar riff out of Silent Hill Three? Uh, they took all the good riffs out of this one and just kind of replaced it with some very generic stuff, uh, and it it didn't sound good. And uh, I I believe you can actually put the original soundtrack in there, but I you know like listening to the original soundtrack in that game is just as I, I don't know. It's just as jarring, probably, as just having the new soundtrack because you know you hear this amazing soundtrack that you associate with the Super Nintendo game, but you're playing this mm. very basic-looking polygon, like somebody just wanted to toss it on a mobile phone kind of thing. And uh, so I, I don't know. Yeah, it, all the the soundtrack is just it was, it was a horrible mistake. Well, if you've got a question for us, you can always send it to us at the question form at retrovania.net. Or again, join our Patreon, because not only can you send us direct questions and, uh, and you know, have a special message board and, and messaging service there, you do get free episodes in between all our main episodes. Our next main episode is going to be actually a patron-requested uh, episode on a game that I think I may be the only one that's enjoying. I cannot, <laughs> cannot wait to talk about that. Uh, so we'll be back in two weeks with that, but we will have a bonus show in the middle. Not sure what that's going to be on, and you will only get it if you join our Patreon. The link is in the comments, and we will see you next time.